Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Heights Church. We meet weekly at 9 and 11 a.m. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org. Well, aren't you uh, glad to be at church this morning on Mother's Day? Yeah? Moms, uh, are you glad to have your family with you? Those that do. I see some faces in here, yeah, that came to be with mom on Mother's Day. What an awesome thing. Um, If you're blessing her with your presence today and you want her to know it, just look at her right now and say, Mom, I love you. Say those words out loud. Some of you are clearly a little rusty. (laughs) Try that again at home on your own time. We'll get it right. Um, this morning, uh, just for this service, uh, I, I want to start uh, a little different. Sometime, from time to time, we'll have a little family time. And uh, I felt uh, this on my heart this week. Nobody had asked me to, uh, to do this, but uh, it was important uh, just ever after a conversation I'd had during the course of this last week. But um, while we were talking last week a little bit about our team, our awesome team that went down to Texas and highlighting the, the joys and the chaos of traveling with a team, um, went a little bit off script there for a moment and uh, unintentionally, but clearly uh, made light of some things that were happening in Texas, things I didn't even fully, I, I hadn't been fully even informed on. And uh, it, it could have produced a wound for some folks. In fact, uh, I think that it did. Uh, we have such a gracious congregation, and uh, you folks are so thoughtful about us as leaders. Uh, I only had one person mention it, but it was on my heart. And so what I wanted you to know, especially this service, is uh, if you were wounded or even a little bothered by that statement, you were right to be. Right to be bothered and uh, I want to make sure that you're living uh, in a place you see leaders that can back up without being asked, uh, that can look at you and say, I'm sorry if you're, if, uh, you're hurt or if I've hurt you. And um, this church is a church that weeps with those who weep, that walks with those who are hurting, uh, that desires to lift up God's grace, not mock anything that's happening. And so uh, I, I will gladly mock a friend if he's in a good place, all right? I have a little bit of, they call it appropriately, devilishness. I have a little of that in me. I, I do not want to do that with anyone who's actually hurting or who's in a hard place. And so I want you to see that in your leaders. I, I do want you to know that there have been a couple folks, uh, one person that had written in, another person who'd said something. It's all been grace. So if you're hearing this and you're concerned that, uh, you forced something, you didn't, you, uh, you've all been wonderful. I just want to make sure you know uh, you're in a place where uh, leaders who should walk carefully are trying to walk carefully. Amen? So, yeah. We, uh... <clears throat> it's Mother's Day, and uh, I also want to be the kind of guy that my mom wouldn't be bothered by. So, in order to help us, this is a hard right turn, in order to help us get set up for Mother's Day, these wonderful ladies that we are appreciating today, uh, we have a little video um, with some questions for kids. Okay. Say, take one and then smack it down. Action! What does your mom talk about a lot? 
Mostly stuff that I cannot question and I don't know about. Reading. She's trying to get me into reading and I just don't get it. Taxes. She doesn't talk about stuff. She always sings. She always sings about Beyonce. What's something your mom's always telling you? Stop talking about the iPad. No iPad. Go brush your teeth. How does she know you didn't brush your teeth? She just knows. I can't. You can't remember? Oh. No, I can't. Oh, that's okay. Clean my room. Is your room get kind of dirty? Kind of. Kind of? Kind of. Would your mom say it's kind of dirty, or would your mom say, this is dirty? Kind of. Are you getting tired of my questions? Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Does she sing, like, worship music? It's only my dad who sings worship music. So your dad sings worship music, and your mom sings Beyonce? Yeah. If your mom was a superhero, what would her superpowers be? Best, so she can just get the laundry done because we always have so much laundry. So much laundry. <laughs> Why would she need super speed, you think? So she wouldn't be late anymore. So? <laughs> Making people's ear hurt because how loud she sings. She'd just go, <laughs> and it would just stop the crime. What does she do at work? She looks at people, or... She looks at people? Well... That kind of sounds like Facebook. <laughs> no. Usually it's just messaging. Just messaging. Just more, messaging. more, me messaging. more and more messages. <laughs> just constantly. So, how does your mom know that you love her? I tell, tell her that. Her. You tell her that? Yeah. Do you guys say it at the same time, like you just did then? Or no. <laughs> no. Um, I give her hugs. We, we play outside, and we ride our scooters and bikes. How do you know that mom loves you? She does kind of stuff yeah. for me. She does my hair pretty, and, and she always, always sings to me. She cooks really good chicken, spaghetti. She gives us hugs. Mom hugs are the best, aren't they? She says, you know what? And I say, you love me. And she's like, how do you know that? Because you always say it. Yeah, she always says it because she loves me. It's kind for me and my brother. She's gone to our whole family. Why is your mom the best mom in the world, do you think? The only reason is because it's my mom. You love her just because she's mom? Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. Do you have any questions about my mom? Nope. Not interested at all in my, about my mom? Nope. Okay. Fair enough. Good job. <clears throat> Any questions about my mom? Nope. Moms are a great value. Amen? We're, we're going to... Take a look at a statement about moms out of the book of Proverbs, not Proverbs 31. I want you to notice this. Yes, I know. There's an amen collectively in here. Uh, we are going to do our very best this morning to avoid mom guilt and make sure that we understand the value of moms and that we're thinking through. Uh, how has your mom impacted your life in a positive way? Um, Proverbs, we're just going to take a look at these two statements, and then we're going to unpack what it says later on in the chapter. Uh, but I want you to hear what it says uh, in the book of Proverbs. You can stay seated this morning. It's important, but if you're sitting by your mom, you can lean over, read off her Bible or iPad or whatever it is. Uh, listen to these words out of Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. An instruction to a young man 
who's not just going to be living out life, but leading someday, says this, listen, my son, and by extension, my daughter, listen to your father's instruction. Do not reject your mother's teaching, for they will be a garland of favor on your head and pendants around your neck. Let's pray and ask God to help us understand what he is pointing towards in this passage. Father, we ask as we consider moms, and uh, we love the cute things that kids say, but also the depth of what they uh, intend for us. Um, Father, just being able to catch a glimpse of your love in the love of a mom, uh, the direction that you intend for us, uh, we first hear about truths of your word before we can read. We hear that quite often from our moms. And so we give you thanks for the direction that we have, the godly wisdom that can be in a home. And we ask that you would help us to lift that up where that has been well applied, that we would highlight that, that today we would focus on the gift. You created moms and dads uh, to have a certain role in a family. That's your ideal. And even for those who have not experienced that, you still set it out there as this beautiful possibility and direction, this thing that you intended for good. And I pray that we would lift that up today. Help us to see the gift of a mom's godly wisdom. We pray that you'd help us to think about it and live differently because of these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Just a note about the Proverbs. As you are reading through uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, you're going to run into all of these different statements, and it sets it up at the very beginning uh, as a way for a child to gain instruction. So the, the setting for the book of Proverbs is mom and dad sitting a kid down and saying, I need you to understand some things in order to make your way in the world. The Proverbs are not guarantees. They are general rules for godly living. Uh, These are uh, wise statements, and if you will listen to these, you will be well guided. In fact, it's interesting to note that the book of Proverbs does not have in it any statement about the temple, a priest, a sacrificial system, or anything. These rules for living are the way that you can still live a godly life, even if your culture has forced you to be shipped to Babylon where you have no longer access to all the religious things, you can still live right before God, even in a foreign land. Amen? Amen. So these are rules that they were intending to hand to their children. And it says, uh, my son, listen to your father's instruction. Unique word there, all the way through the Proverbs, used the same way. It's for chastening, warning, or moral training through observation. So a dad... Uh, He says at the beginning, and he uses this word intentionally, a dad is supposed to say, do this and live. Don't do that. Stop that. You should be able to listen to your father and hear in his instruction a direction that will keep you safe, and it should be thoughtfully applied. But there is chastening involved in there. There's warning involved in there. Moral training. But then it says, listen to your father's instruction and do not reject your mother's teaching." a unique use of the word here, but that word teaching is actually Torah there. It's a word that's other places translated the law, but literally used all the way through the Proverbs as a pointing of the way. Uh, you can put next to your notes there, Genesis 46, 28, uh, where one of uh, Isaac's sons, one of Jacob's uh, sons is going before him, it says, in order to point the way, uh, to prepare 
the place. So he would literally go ahead of him, come back and show him where he should step. And when he got to Egypt to meet Joseph, he told him how he was to present himself. It was, you know these truths, but I want to show you how to step so that you won't make a mistake. Moms and dads operate a little differently in the home. Dads, yes, drill sergeant. Moms, let me show you how you can make your way so that you don't offend the people around you and so that uh, you show up looking right. That's the idea. If you follow your mom's teaching, it'll be a favor on your head and pendants around your neck. Um, Here's what I want us to highlight. We're going to go through an acronym here, MOMS. All right? That's what we're going to develop, the word MOMS. Before we get there, I want you to see there's quotes in each of these sections. If you got the notes, they're there. If not, you can get them online. Um, But this first one is from an anonymous person. There's no way to be a perfect mother, but a million ways to be a good one. Uh, There's a Spanish proverb also in there that an ounce of mother is worth a ton of priest. What that means is if you just listen to your mom the first time, you won't need to go back over and over again and ask forgiveness later. She has the words of wisdom that will help you. The goal this morning I want you to hear is not mom guilt. I want you to highlight these things. Where did we get these right? How did you see the grace of God through the actions of your mom? Uh, Every single mom that I've ever run into has started their explanation of how they raise their children with, I didn't do everything right, right? They feel that. What we want to do with moms is highlight, but here's the things that you did do right. And not only that, this is the end of it. Kids choose certain directions, not because their moms taught them that or their will forced them to go that direction. They just chose to ignore sometimes what their moms have said. Let's highlight the good and godly advice that most moms, especially inside here, have given out this morning. So moms, first thing, the M in the word moms, a mom's godly wisdom is majestic. I chose that word specifically so that you would beam. Let them, verse 9, be a garland of favor for your head and pendants around your neck. We'll just hold on for a moment. Somebody's getting a phone call, I think. So they will be a garland of favor around your head and pendants around your neck. Mom's godly wisdom. A garland literally is a crown or something that you would put on your head, and a pendant would be something that the first thing that greets you as you come into uh, the room, as somebody is walking into the room, you would see this beautiful piece of jewelry. And the idea is this as You watch kids receive knowledge from their parents. It's not just that they're getting training or they walk away feeling browbeat, but a kid who has been well-trained by their mom and dad and has security on them, when they walk in, you can actually see a difference in secure kids, can't you? They They carry their head a little higher. They feel a little bit safer. They feel like they have a voice with those people that are around them. They walk in the world in a different way. There's a famous study, we've mentioned it many times here, but there was a study that they did uh, years ago about kids on a playground. And they had a couple of different playgrounds that they had set up, and uh, in the inner city, um, they had one playground that had no fence around the outside of it. On the playground, without a fence, where it feels like you have freedom, you could kick the ball and you could run, go get it, wherever you were, all of the kids huddled into the center of that playground closest to the door, the entrance to the school. 
Then they had another playground with a big, tall fence that was all the way around it, chain link fence that was there. The kids used the entire playground without concern. Weren't worried about the interest of the school. They played in the entire area because of the secure boundaries that they had allowed them to feel safer in their surroundings. One of the great gifts that moms give us Moms give their children is that sense of security, the idea that the wisdom that they present to them will carry them forward. Harriet Beecher Stowe said, most mothers are instinctive philosophers. Uh, They just know what to say. They have an idea about the world. Instinctive, they're not using the exact same word as philosophers, but they're still using words and phrases to you that you know carry a philosophy of how to live. And through that comes uh, a secure child. Another aspect of this, where it says that it'll be a garland on your head and and a pendant around your neck. Uh, When a mom uh, has expressed their love for their child, even if your kids kind of go, oh, mom, right? Uh, You know, the kid that has to brace himself for a kiss on both cheeks before he walks into the uh, grade school. They just know they're about to get blessed or called out that they love you. they, they pretend like they're backpedaling from those things, but the reality is that's a sign that they feel safe. Um, Moroccan proverb, every beetle is a gazelle in the eyes of its mother. It is a wonderful thing to be loved by your mom and to have that be known, even if the kids are backpedaling. Moms, keep laying on the gooeyness, all right? It is a blessing to them. A mom's godly wisdom is majestic. But I want you to notice this. Uh, so there's an interesting thing that happens in Proverbs chapter one. It starts with, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and then your mother's teaching. And then verses 10 uh, through 19, it actually gives us some instruction. And there's a lot of um, masculine uh, pronouns that are used in here. It, it's, it's a masculine form all the way through these 10 verses. And then it gives us 10 more verses uh, starting in verse 20. Uh, from the feminine side. So even though it jumps from wisdom from mom to biblical wisdom, uh, it's using this feminine idea, this idea that this is wisdom that comes from your mom, but it's actually coming from God. It is wisdom for life. So wisdom personified here is pointing back to your mom was touching on something that God really wants you to wrap your mind around. In verse 20, it says, wisdom calls out in the streets. She makes her voice heard in public squares. She cries out above the commotion and speaks at the entrance of the city gates. Pretty important to note this. It says, wisdom calls out, makes her voice heard. She cries out above the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the gate. Um, All of these statements are an announcement. It's clear. It's very obvious. There is information that is being shared with another individual. A mom's godly wisdom is often obvious. Shouted from the streets, not quiet. Um, Now, some of us, and this would be the uh, delicate time, uh, some of us would be able to uh, nod if we said, did we know when our mom was bothered or when she wanted to impart wisdom to us, right? I don't think that uh, moms are known for the most part for just keeping everything a secret. This wisdom is obvious, but the heart behind it is of critical importance. Wisdom is calling out. So this is godly wisdom. 
feminine voice, but God's wisdom shouting out saying, you've got to listen to me. This is of critical importance. There's an urgency and a heart behind it that says, I want to make this as obvious and plain to you so that your success will be easy. Listen to me. A mom's godly wisdom is clearly true. Clearly true, but shows concern. Uh, One person commenting on uh, their mom's obvious uh, wisdom said this. uh, One time my mom told me, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. (laughs) He said it was both obvious and true. Why did she say that to him? She's concerned. You're doing something foolish. You're going to hurt yourself. It's not just clearly true, but uh, very strong. It shows us the way that we should live the truth. Uh, One person said, godly wisdom with the proper tone makes a house a happy home. Uh, Reader's Digest uh, records a story of a gal uh, by the name of Diana Allen from California. She says, all the time when I was growing up, my mom had given us this axiom, treat others as you would want to be treated. She says, and we lived in an area that was never impacted by snow, but all of a sudden, one day, midwinter, there was this snow blizzard that actually blew in and it shut down the freeway. And she said, we lived in a house that was literally a half block from the freeway. Freeway is shut down, multiple lanes. Uh, They could not get people to move forward. There were all of these accidents. It was terrible. And it became evident toward evening that most of these cars were going to spend the night on this freeway, locked down in ice and snow, and they had no place to go. That statement was ringing in her ears. Treat others as you would have them be treated, she said. So my mom sent us kids out to the freeway to go door to door to the cars. And she began to invite people in for a cup of coffee. Uh, and some encouragement. They're going to watch the news and find out if the traffic began to move. But she said, if your car is stuck, there's no place to, to, to go. Just come into our house. She said, our house was jammed with people drinking coffee, thankful for the warmth. She said she spread out all of these sleeping bags, people with families, their kids laid on the floor. She said it was a shocking thing to have all of these people in there. She says, but it was one of those moments where she said, my mom lived what she proclaimed. It's marked her all the rest of her life. She said that kind of attitude towards other people. I think about that in my own life. Would I be eager to have just a whole bunch of strangers jump into the house on a night where even we were being impacted by it? It's a high standard, and yet all of us would agree we see that kind of heart in our moms. Amen? It's often obvious you should do these things. Irma Bombeck said, when your mother asks, do you want a piece of advice? It's a mere formality. It doesn't matter if you say yes or no. You're going to get it anyway. She's going to let you know what you ought to do. But my experience is moms, especially the moms we have in this auditorium, are ones that live. They practice what they preach. They just want you to do the obviously right thing. But a third thing that we see in here is a mom's godly wisdom will mock you. I want you to hear this out. It'll mock you when you ignore it. Verses 24 through 31, listen to what scripture says and feel the edge in your soul a little bit before we get it righted. It says this, if you respond, verse 23, to my warning when I pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words, uh, since I called out and you refused and extended my hand and no one paid attention, since you neglected all of my counsel and did not accept my correction, 
I in turn will laugh at your calamity. I'll mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When trouble and stress overcome you, they will call on me, but I won't answer. They will search for me, but they won't find me because they hated knowledge. They chose, they didn't choose to fear the Lord. They were not interested in my counsel and they rejected my correction. They'll eat the fruit of their way. They'll be glutted or filled up with their own schemes. Um, this sounds harsh. I want you to hear it in the right context. Sometimes when we read these statements in the word of God, we read them and we're like, oh man, how harsh does the, the scripture, and this is Mother's Day of all days. Why are we highlighting this? But here's the thing I want you to hear. It's not that the intention of scripture is that you would be mocked or that somebody would look at you and say, I told you so. That's not how this is written. It's written that, if you actually have heard the truth and it's been obviously laid out in front of you and somebody has lived out how it is that you're supposed to actually mark your way, when you go and you step the wrong direction and you do something that you know uh, is wrong and you get the consequences, this is what will happen. Scripture says you'll hear the Lord's voice in your head, but it also indicates you'll hear your mom's voice in your head saying, why did you do that? The mocking is uh, not a, an attack on the person to keep them down. It's you're going to remember what your mom said when you step wrong. There was an interesting article um, just a short while ago that came up on a news feed there um, that said science proves that your mom was right. And they went through 10 different things. Brush your teeth, take your shoes off, make sure that you make your bed before you start your day. And they show all the scientific benefits to these things that your mom has told you are just wise ways to live and they will help you be mentally healthy, physically healthy and have good relationships. And one of them was wash your hands. And as I was um, reading that, I was reminded of a trip that we took. We were with another group. We joined another group in Guatemala and we'd been working in the dump. And uh, in the dumps down there, there's not very many places where you can wash your hands. In fact, everything is just filthy. It's a, uh, an incredible place to serve. It is a horrible place to have to raise a family. And so a lot of our folks are there with heartache, trying to help these different families. They're just entering right into homes and blessing these folks, hands-on, hugging, blessing, and encouraging different people. And there was a little snack shack that was at the edge of the dump. And we had warned people on the way in, hey, don't buy snacks at the snack shack. You can bless those people. You can drop off some money if you want to and say, hey, we'll buy this. You can give it to whoever is there, but don't, don't eat anything from there. Not because um, we were looking down on the individuals, but you had been working in the dump and you won't have a chance to wash your hands or do anything. You're gonna eat some potato chips with your hands after being in the dump. It's not gonna look good. Well, that's what really happened. Uh, we had a few people that came back and they were so hungry. They just wanted to bless these folks. They ate some stuff off of the street there and they were so sick. And one of them is, is, is just shouting out. He's like, all I can hear is my mom saying, wash your hands. <laughs> so sick. The axiom, if at first you don't succeed, try doing it the way your mom told you from the start. But there's an important thing here. Um, sometimes moms, when your kids don't act the way that they should, you, you know that in their head they're hearing your voice, 
But sometimes in your own head, you hear a voice. I want to make sure that you hear this this morning. Sometimes the mocking that happens is you, in your own heart, you start to say, did I do something wrong? And and there are always things that we can look at and address. Uh, It is never too late to make sure that you're focused on the Lord. But this is what I want you to be able to hear. Sometimes our kids' actions will not be the things that we lined out for them. They will decide to go a direction that is not the Lord's best and not what you wanted. And you begin to have a heartache. Irma Bombeck said it this way, when my kids become wild and unruly, I use a nice, safe playpen. And when they're finished, I climb out. (laughs) It is possible to be embarrassed of some of the choices that your kids make. Can I just ask you to do this, uh, both before the Lord and, and in this congregation? There was a season where we would begin to take a look around uh, at other places and say, well, am I, how am I doing raising my kids? And we would measure that based on the activities of children. Uh, that's the quickest way to hurt a mom's heart. Amen? Your kids are wonderful. I want you to hear this. I, I caught some kids playing tag in the bathroom this last week, all right? They're great kids. They're awesome. They feel free enough in a church like this where they know that there's grace. Somebody can look at them and say, hey, don't play that in here. Go outside. And they know they're still loved. We want to be a church that is filled with grace. Here's the one thing I want you to hear, moms. We watch you. You love your kids. You're telling them God's word, but you cannot be the Holy Spirit for them. And the thing that will harm you the most is if you are trying to do what the Spirit of God has not been given permission to do, you'll harm yourself It'll take you low. You won't be able to be a guidepost for them uh, on their way back out of darkness. But how many people do we have sitting here in the auditorium who spent some time in the far country only to come back? You don't have to raise your hands, but God's people ought to say amen, right? We're in a church filled with people who spent some time doing things that they don't want to tell their moms about. They're still loved by God. They still ought to have a home here. Amen? They're going to hear the voice of the Lord and their mom in their own minds as they're making those decisions. Final thing, a mom's godly wisdom brings security. African proverb here, when you stand with the blessings of your mother and God, it does not matter who stands against you. When I was thinking about this point, um, I tried not to fill the entire message this morning with anecdotes from my home. I think my mom has put on display what it looks like to allow the Lord to take you by the hand and then, by extension, to take your kids by the hand. But my mom didn't grow up in a secure home. Uh, She didn't grow up in a place, in fact, that she felt safe at all. Um, Loved her family after she came to know Christ, wanted them to know Uh, the Lord, but until then lived in fear of many of the decisions that they were making. Her home, when she was growing up, was chaos. It was a wreck. And her prayer, actually, before she even knew Jesus, she had looked up into the heavens at one point and said, Lord, I I just want a a man who loves me, and I want to have a family where my kids know their dad and where they're safe. That's all she wanted. Pretty profound. She comes to Christ. Her life is different. Um, and there's two things that I remember most clearly about my mom, the gift to us that, that continues to give even today. 
Each morning when we were little, after she came to Christ, I would wake up, my mom would get up with my dad, uh, have breakfast with him before he'd go to work. He was a logger. Uh, so uh, if he was still at home uh, when the sun was coming up, uh, he was late, all right? She got up early with him. But instead of just going back to bed, what my mom would do was sit next to the fire and wait for the kids to get up with her Bible open. She had an open Bible. It literally said on the back of it, open Bible. You guys remember that uh, Bible that you could buy, the open Bible? Uh, It had some notes in there that would help you if you were a new believer, kind of find your way through the scriptures and explain them. But she read that open Bible every single morning, and you could watch grace begin to fill her heart as she grew from the word. It taught us. That's one consistent thing all of us remember when we think about mom. There was another thing, though. Uh, she was consistent in her love in the way that she would feed us. Uh, six o'clock was dinner time when we were growing up, and everybody on the entire street knew it. At six o'clock, if we were playing near other people's house, people would come outside and say, hey, green boys, it's six o'clock, you better get home. Your mom's going to ring that bell, and there was a bell that would ring. But it wasn't just six o'clock for us was uh, dinner time. It became dinner time in essence for the entire street. She'd ring it and all the other kids would go home. And if there wasn't dinner at their place waiting, they'd make their way to our place. (laughs) She always had room at the table for all of these other folks. Hospitality was one of her things. And here's the most profound thing. There are some guys, kids from the street, who 40 plus years later still stop by to have a meal with mom and dad. Long after the relationships with us have passed from close to just acquaintances. She's still having bread and eating meals with these kids who she had an open home for. Her love, the way that she loved the Lord and the way that she loved the people around her made that home a secure place for people to come. It's still that way. And it was a gift. Her focus the entire time was Jesus. Her statement would be, Jesus made me whole. Jesus gave me hope. And Jesus gave me a home. And that's what she would want for other people. The uh, Another African proverb there, the one being carried does not realize how far away the city is. When you are carrying another individual, you're doing all of the work. And I would say that for our moms, for the most part, uh, the people that are around them receiving their love, their care, are the point of their prayers. Uh, when they are coming before the Lord, they're continually anxious or concerned about their family members, their kids in particular, Those kids, until they have children of their own, will never know how much weight a mom is carrying, how far they are pulling them along, what their hopes for them are. That comes into shape down the road. But moms, you are a blessing to us, and we're thankful. Amen? We have an opportunity this morning to really bless our moms. If you are here, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. Because one of the great hopes uh, from a a mom's godly wisdom is a hope of eternity with Christ. This is the gift. If you are here today and you're just here to bless your mom, but you're not sure about your walk with Christ, you can be sure about your walk with Christ today. This is what I want you to know. This is what scripture says. Jesus died for you. He was buried and rose again on the third day. And if you place your faith in him, you are saved forever. This is something that your mom would want for you. I promise. If you haven't given your life to Christ, this is all you have to do this morning. You just have to say, Lord, I believe. 
those things. I believe that you died for me. He'll take care of the rest of transformation, changing you, everything else that needs to happen in your life. You don't have to get cleaned up before you come to Jesus. He loves you just the way that you are. You give your life to him. And then one of the things that we do as believers is we participate in the Lord's Supper. Uh, I want you just to familiarize yourself with these elements. Uh, they're not mystical, uh, but they are important. This is an opportunity for us to reflect. Um, there's the bread and the juice that's in here. It's a reminder of Christ's sacrifice, his body and blood given for us so that we could have a relationship with God. What scripture tells us is we're supposed to eat this. We're supposed to do this on a regular basis together in remembrance of him. We're supposed to do it in a worthy fashion. So what we do each time is we just take a moment to bow our heads, close our eyes, and between us and the Lord, we just ask him, Lord, is there anything between us that I need to take care of? If there's anything between you and the Lord, he says he'll forgive it just like that. So if there's anything between you and the Lord, just bow your heads, close your eyes, and you give that to him. AJ's going to lead us in a, uh, a moment of worship. And as he does that, we'll take time to reflect. Remember, you're forgiven at that moment that you ask for it. And we'll take these elements uh, to focus our heart on Christ. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we thank you so much for the opportunity to reflect on the godly moms that you have placed around us. Um, we thank you so much for the influence of a mom, for the profound way that they mark us and even prepare our hearts. They till the soil so that we can hear the truth of the gospel. We thank you for them and uh, we thank you for what they put on display. And we pray right now, Father, really at the high point of our service as we turn our hearts from that godly wisdom of our moms to the beautiful gift of Jesus. Help us to have an appreciation. Father, I pray that you would cleanse our hearts, that you would make us thoughtful about this opportunity we have, uh, not just to right now gather in worship, but to do this forever because of the finished work of Christ. Help us to take these elements with right hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.